Hello and welcome to another episode of the Oz Movie Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I'll be doing a review of WandaVision Season 1. As of last night, uh, it did all wrap up. Um, and it's been a show that has been quite divisive, I think, among fans. When it first premiered, I think a lot of people were a bit taken aback by the approach that Marvel and Disney were taking with this show. Um, And yeah, I I think that the reaction of people was very divisive compared to other Marvel-related content. We haven't really seen that sort of division for quite some time. I'd say Captain Marvel before this would have been the most um, divisive-related piece of Marvel entertainment we've received. There's definitely some like Thor 2 and Iron Man 2 that people downright don't like. Um, but WandaVision definitely found its footing during the remainder of the show. But the first two episodes I actually thoroughly enjoyed, and I'll get into a lot of that. This review will contain mild spoilers. I won't get into too much detail in case those um, who are listening haven't watched the entire show. But yeah, um, we'll just discuss the show, things I like, things I didn't like, and my overall thoughts. So without further ado, take it away, a trailer. Wanda and Vision. Aren't we a five pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Why would you think that? Because you are. We are an unusual couple, you know. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. So, WandaVision Season 1, and I believe it will be the only season of the show, um, was directed and co-written by Matt Shackman and stars Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Catherine Hahn, uh, Tiona Paris, um, as well as appearances from previous Marvel characters. Kat Dennings returns as Darcy Lewis. Um, and we also have Randy Park, who shows up again after his appearance in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, the show blends the style of classic sitcoms with the MCU, in which Wanda Maximoff and Vision, two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives, begin to suspect um, that everything is not as it seems. So it's a pretty simple setup for the show, and I guess for those who have seen Infinity War and Endgame know where we are at with these characters. Vision is dead, um, killed by Thanos, um, and... We know something's not right, but we don't exactly know what's going on. So it's interesting to see this show play out, especially considering, um, I guess, 
what had come before with these characters. We haven't spent a great deal of time with the two of them together. Um, we got some nice moments in Civil War and definitely in Infinity War. Um, the two actors, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, both have fantastic chemistry with each other, so they really bring these characters to life, and I think they're fantastic on screen together. Um, but what I really liked about the show was just the approach that Matt Shackman did take with... Um, just the style and the substance of the show. The, there's a lot of stylistic elements here that do play out very well. The first two episodes are in black and white, um, and later on we find out, um, you, you can tell the era of television that it's definitely inspired by, but we get a direct reference later on in the show that it is heavily inspired by uh, the Dick Van Dyke show and Bewitched in particular. Um, and yeah, the two first episodes just play out exactly like a sitcom from the 1930, uh, 1950s sorry, and 1960s. It's fantastic to watch. I really, really enjoyed those two episodes. Um, the aspect ratio as well is, um, you know, reminiscent of the old Tube TVs too, which was fantastic. I just really like the, the way that the show um, progressed through those two episodes. We have elements there of just vision working his day-to-day life uh wanda um inviable that having um visions work colleagues over for dinner and things like that it's just it plays into that classic sitcom so i really enjoyed those elements we get little tastes uh, here and there of things not appearing as they seem we get uh, i guess more information sprinkled throughout um it's not until episode three and four where we start to see exactly what's going on and start to get a bit more of an idea Um, And then there's some revelations later in the show as well where we find out that a character who we've been introduced um, and has played a pretty big part in the show up until this point is actually an antagonist. Um, And that is Catherine Hahn, who is really good in here. She plays Agatha Harkness um, and or Agnes as well in the show. Uh, She was fantastic. I'm a big fan of Catherine Hahn. Uh, She's always one of the best elements of anything that she's in. Um... And recently, she's been showing up in quite a bit. A lot of things I've been watching. Um, I was watching the other day, um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. She was in that. And then I, I watched uh, Parks and Recreation, and she shows up in that too. So it was pretty cool uh, seeing her in this, and especially a big role too, playing the main antagonist as the show progresses. She was really good. Um, Taylor Paris as well shows up as Monica Rambo. Um, and yeah, she shows that she had um, a few powers there as well, which was pretty cool. But um, for those who don't know, her character appeared as a young girl in Captain Marvel. Um, so this is her, you know, 20 odd years later now, and she's all grown up. So that was cool too. Um, director Tyler Haywood, played by Josh Stanberg as well, is an antagonist of sorts, um, working for um, the government there. And he really just wants to wipe out what's going on. He doesn't really want to see how it plays out. He's that typical military personality. So um, that was a bit more generic, um, but at the same time, he was quite good in the, uh, uh, I was going to say film, but the TV show. Um, Kat Dennings shows up as Darcy Lewis. I really don't like Kat Dennings um, and her role in those Thor movies. She became really repetitive and annoying, um, but she was better here. I actually liked um, her showing up in this show. I thought that she was entertaining enough without being overbearing. Um, Randall Park also shows up there as Jimmy Woo. Like I mentioned, he did uh, previously appear in Ant-Man and the Wasp. There's a bit of comedy relief there um, as an FBI agent. There was talk that they were thinking or it was just like an idea that popped up on the internet. It was on Reddit and then it sort of gained a bit of traction. I think IGN um, posted about it as well. 
um, that a, a TV show inspired by the X-Files starring Randall Park just investigating uh, strange superhero occurrences uh, with the FBI. actually really liked that idea. I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that because Randall Park's hilarious and he's really good here. Um, and I, I thought, yeah, it was cool to see those uh, supporting characters. I thought the supporting cast was really good. Um, but we're really anchored back to Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. They are really good together. And just seeing their lives play out on, on screen and just how much they actually really do care for each, uh, each other, it's really, really sweet and really touching. Um, episode three, we jump into um, Wanda's pregnancy. So um, we find out that Wanda is pregnant um, and just the acceleration of that. She's pregnant and then within like two days, she's giving birth to her twins. Um, it's not even two days. I think it might even be one day. Um, but that was a really sweet plot uh, device as well, and I really did enjoy that. Um, and that episode, I suppose, we start to move on to a bit more of the uh, 70s and 80s type sitcoms, which is pretty good, um, and I, I enjoyed that as well. Um, the next episode is we interrupt this program. Uh, Monica Rambo tasked with a special assignment regarding sentient weapons goes missing. So we get introduced to Monica after the blip, as they called it in Spider-Man, um, far from home and that is Thanos of course uh, clicking his fingers and it shows inside this hospital um, and everyone's just coming back from the blip um, and it's five years later so Monica goes back to the FBI there um, and yeah she's tasked with this mission and essentially she gets dragged into Wanda's reality um, but she gets exiled once Wanda works out what's going on as well um, and yeah, that was, it was interesting. Um, and this is where the show started to pick up a lot of steam and giving you a bit more of an idea of what's going on. Um, Wanda really defensive as well as she would be because she feels like these people are attacking her home. This is her safe place. This is where she feels safe. Um, and I guess when we work out some revelations later on, you can completely understand where she's coming from. Um, and it's just her really dealing with grief. And I think those undertones are really quite, um, impressive, and I, I do enjoy those elements. So that was a good episode too. Um, the next episode is on a very special episode. Wanda addresses Vision's worries when he grows suspicious of the neighbor's strange behavior. Um, so I guess here the twins are growing up. Um, again, we are getting that sitcom vibe too here, and it's, again, in the 1980s and 90s, you can feel the the influence I suppose from those shows I get married with children vibes from the this episode in particular um the next episode is or actually before we go on to that on a very special episode does have a great ending um we see Petro um Maximoff Quicksilver returns but as Evan Peters um the much beloved adaptation um in X-Men Days of Future Past uh, we were first introduced to him um and it's cool that they're actually using him I like Aaron Taylor Johnson um but it's quite cool that they actually did that recasting thing with um they explain how it happened too um but yeah it, that was actually really cool i love evan peters he was fantastic as quicksilver so it's cool that they did that um it was really fun to see him again on screen we didn't get a you know the cool quicksilver moments but we definitely got his witty banter back which is really cool um and it was quite touching as well there's some really nice moments between the two of them um which was really sweet and i really enjoyed that the next episode is all new Halloween Spooktacular. Um, and this one was inspired heavily by Malcolm in the Middle. We get a great sequence at the start of the uh, episode where we're listening to the, the two kids as they monologue pretty much to the camera, explaining their lives, what's going on. It's Halloween. And that was quite funny. 
Um, we get a, a few antics there with the characters um, on Halloween too. Um, a bit of fun there with Quicksilver and the two twins. Uh, Vision encounters Agnes um, in the car and Vision starts to question his own um, reality, I guess, because what's happened is Agnes has pretty much said that you're dead, um, you, you, you died, so like am I dead sort of thing started to play with his head a bit and with the revelation later on of who Agnes or Agatha is, um, that was quite cool to see. And I really did enjoy um, Vision's journey too. Uh, he tries to escape. He wants to get out, but he can't escape the reality because he's a figment pretty much of that reality. So when he tries to leave, he, of course, starts to fall apart. Um, and it's quite sad because you're like, oh, well, he can't exist outside of what Wanda's created. So um, that was quite sad. But we do get some cool elements here which I really did enjoy. Um, the next episode is Breaking the Fourth Wall. This one heavily inspired by The Office. Um, and even the intro, there's a great intro. Each episode has its own intro to WandaVision, and created by Wanda Maximoff. It's really quite clever. Um, but we get some fourth wall breaking here where they're directly talking to the camera, like interview style, and it is quite funny. The Office intro, pretty much like the, the music and everything, it sounds exactly like The Office, and I thought that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, this episode is where we're revealed to Agatha, we've moved on to the 21st century here, sitcom wise. So, um, it's a bit different. Um, and yeah, but we, we get the twist at the end of who Agatha or Agnes is. Um, and we, she gets her own little intro too, which was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. The next episode is previously on. So Wanda embarks on a journey, revisiting her past to gain insight into her present. Um, so it's essentially why are we here, what's happened for Wanda to get to this position pretty much. So we explore um, in a really touching sequence with her parents when she's uh, back in Sokovia and there's obviously, you know, the fighting and the war in the streets. It's TV night though, so they're gathering around to watch their favourite show. Um, she wants to watch the Dick Van Dyke show, so they pull out this little uh, container full of TV shows and she says, no, I want to watch Dick Van Dyke and she names the specific episode and they sit around and watch that, and then we get a, a bit of a recap, I guess, um, of the death of her parents and then how her and um, uh, Petro, I guess, escaped. We know of that story because Petro tells Ultron in Age of Ultron, and I, I watched that the other day, so I, I saw that sequence where he explains, like, the Stark missile landed right near them and they were waiting for like it to go off, but it just never went off. Um, and yeah, we actually get to see that. So that was pretty emotional and it was really well handled. So I enjoyed that. Uh, Agatha's uh, accompanying, um, Wanda on this journey here. Um, we then see Wanda going to reclaim vision essentially. Um, and when she goes to reclaim vision, we see vision just torn apart on the table. What's remaining of him. They're doing experiments. They're trying to work out, you know, what he is, what, what's, what can they do with this material, I suppose? Um, and, yeah, it was quite quite moving. I, I enjoyed this episode because it gave us a lot more insight into Wanda's character, um, and I really did enjoy that because I guess she's really troubled and quite uh, vulnerable, and we've seen bits and pieces of that here and there, but we haven't really touched on it in this manner. So I don't normally like when they do flashback sequences, but... It was justified here, and it's not really a flashback, I guess, because we haven't seen the footage before. We kind of know what's going on, but it was good to see the actual, um, like, what's happened to Vision, essentially, after he was killed. So that was interesting, and it was, yeah, different to see, which I enjoyed. 
Um, and yeah, we, we just exploring Wanda essentially this episode. And I really did enjoy that. Um, and we, we sort of get to see her power too. There's a post credit sting in this episode as well. Um, where we see, I guess it's a reference, a comic book reference. I looked it up about, um, how it's the Avengers of the West coast. I don't really know a lot about that comic book series, but vision appears as like a soul Android. Um, he's just all white, um, and it's just him without the Mind Stone, essentially. So it's still Vision, but not with Vision's memories or, yeah, with the Mind Stone. So there's a confrontation between, I guess, the Vision we know, and I'm putting that in asterisks, the little quotation marks around it as well, because it's not really Vision. It's Wanda's perception of Vision, but it's still the Vision we're more attuned to. So, yeah, that that plays well um, in their conflict, especially there's a really great sequence with the two of them, um, uh, with the two Visions talking in the last episode, which I'll get to shortly. But yeah, that was a, a cool little post credit sting. And I think it's the only post credit sting apart from the last episode there. So um, yeah, I enjoyed seeing that on screen too. Um, and yeah, we get a really nice moment too of when Wanda and uh, Vision first talked together, essentially when they're staying in the Avengers compound there. Um, Wanda's watching TV. She's watching Malcolm in the Middle, and um, Vision comes through the wall. And they just have a bit of a back and forth, and Vision sort of gaining his humanity there, watching the episode with her. And you can just see their connection, and that they do really love each other in that sequence. And I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, the last episode is just called the series finale, um, and yeah, it's pretty much a wrap up of the show. So it's a bit of a fight sequence. We see. Um, I guess she becomes the Scarlet Witch for the first time with the outfit and everything here. Um, she takes down Agatha. She releases her chokehold on this town as well um, and puts reality back to normal. The town aren't as forgiving with her by the end of the episode, but like she says, you know, it, it's, just, it's just the way things are. And um, uh, we have um, Monica Rambo who says, you know, this town's never going to know what you did for them. And she just said, that's exactly right. They don't, um, but then they don't want to kind of thing. So, she goes into hiding, um, and we see at the very end of um, the show, we have a wrap-up with um, the two Visions, like I mentioned. Uh, Vision pretty much... I've got Android and Vision. Um, Vision gives all of his memories and everything to show what's happened, his death, everything, to uh, the Android Vision. Android Vision just goes away after that. Um, and, yeah, we pretty much end. There was a really nice moment with, uh, I guess... We, Wanda just says goodbye um, to everything and it's really sad and it's touching, but it was really satisfying as well after everything that she's been through. Yeah, you, you really put it into perspective, I guess, and I, I really did enjoy her wrap-up, um, the story wrap-up too. It was just really really well handled um, and, and quite touching. Um, the show's not without comedy either. It's not all dour. Um, it has that typical Marvel comedy. Um, like I said, the first two episodes are straight-up a sitcom, so... Um, it, it does still have that element, but I, I did really enjoy the way that this um, does play out. It, it's quite enjoyable to, to see, and I really like the conclusion there. Um, we get a post-credit sting. Well, we have two, actually. Um, the Monica Rambo one is referencing either her own adventure or potentially appearing in Captain Marvel 2. Um, we get reintroduced to the... Um, I can't even remember what the race is. I'm going to have to look that up. Um but, yeah, we get reintroduced to the race of aliens from Captain Marvel at the end. Um, she leaves with a smile on her face. 
Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the end of that. Uh, the Cree, sorry, it's the Cree, of course. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed the way that that, um, that all played out. Oh, sorry, it's the scrolls. The Cree are the bad guys. The scrolls are the good guys. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the way that played out. And that was an interesting little post credit sting. And I think if I was more connected to the material, it might have meant a little more. There's probably 20 million videos already on YouTube explaining what it meant. So I won't go into that here because I don't really know what it means. Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool to see. Um, and the very last sting, the very last post-credits sequence is Wanda secluded away in her little log cabin. Um, and we see that she's reading an ancient text and it looks like one of the texts from Doctor Strange. And of course, um, Wanda will be appearing next in the next Doctor Strange film. So I think that was a little tie into that, which was pretty cool. Um, and for what we've heard about that film is that it's going to be the MCU's first real um, horror film, and it's directed by the wonderful Sam Raimi, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, guys, WandaVision's really good. Um, artistically, it's it's really clever and quite, um, quite profound. It's different to what we've seen, and I really enjoyed that. It didn't result... I, I mean, there's fight sequences, sure, but it didn't result to just them punching, which I, I do enjoy, I won't lie, but it's nice to see something different. So I really did enjoy this one, guys, and I think that if you are looking for something to watch at the moment, it's one of the better shows that are on a streaming platform at the moment. So, yeah, check it out if you if you want to, and I'm going to give this show an 8 out of 10. Um, it does fall short in some areas, and I, the conclusion should have been longer as well, which is a bit of a gripe. Everything seems to wrap up relatively quickly. I don't really know what you add in there, but I would have liked a bit more longevity there, I guess. Um, and it's a minor nitpick, but it definitely did detract a little for me anyway of the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, it was really good. It was a really, really um, nice entry into the MCU. It's a different entry, which is good. Um, we have some other elements too that I didn't really talk about. The commercials with the Hydra references, they were pretty cool if you were paying attention. Uh, so there was like ad commercials, ad breaks in um, the episodes, like one or two um, that, that appeared earlier on and then a couple later on too. Um, they were pretty good, especially if you were paying attention. Um, they were nice little Easter eggs here and there, so I enjoyed that. And yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, there's a great quote as well that a lot of people are using at the moment. Um, I'd say that people have already got tattoos of it. Um, but yeah, uh, Vision pretty much saying at uh, to Wanda, um, what is grief if not love preserving, which is an interesting quote and definitely something to ponder and think about. Um, there's a bit of criticism I noticed from a few articles, but I think there are a lot of clickbaity kind of articles. But yeah, I thought that was a nice quote because it's true um, and it's very relevant to Wanda's character as well. So that was nice to put that into words. So yeah, guys, uh, WandaVision was quite profound, uh, artistically beautiful and competently made. Matt Shankman did a really, or Shackman, sorry, did a really good job here um, and him directing the whole show. He obviously had a vision and they trusted him to do it. Uh, he directed a, a couple of episodes of uh, Game of Thrones He's been a director of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for almost 10 years. He directed an episode of The Boys as well. So he's been quite successful over the last couple of years. Uh, um, and I really enjoyed, yeah, what he did here. It was quite, quite, prof like I said, I kept saying profound, but that's really what it was. Um, and it was really well handled. So hopefully he gets more work. If it's not in the MCU, I'd like to see him tackle other projects too, because artistically he's a really competent director. There's some great sequences in this show. Um, the use of color is quite beautiful. Um, I really liked just tonally the way that it all ties together. And he's balancing a lot of tones here too. So 
I think he does a really good job. Um, I, I, I think a hat goes off to him because out of all the Marvel content, um, I put this up with like Winter Soldier and Thor Ragnarok to really have its own distinct style. Um, a lot of the MCU films do feel very formulaic, I guess, because they do follow a very strict formula, which is why they've been so successful. But artistically and from a directorial standpoint, a lot of them have been quite stagnant and bland. Um, but I really did enjoy what he did here. And like I said, it did feel like it had its own tone, um, its own style, which is something that has been missing from a lot of the Marvel projects. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I thought that was quite cool. And I guess we can look forward to uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which debuts in March. Um, I'll have a review of that one up, guys, as well. And I'll also be doing a review of Loki when it comes out in June. So, there's a lot to look forward to. Black Widow's also making its way to theaters still in May. So a lot to look forward to, guys. Um, the MCU still pumping out content even with restrictions with cinemas and that sort of thing. So it's been really good, um, and I really enjoyed watching it, even though it was on a, a, a TV platform. Um, and I guess the show in total probably went for got nine episodes, probably only went for like four hours. So it, it's not even that long, um, but... Yeah, it was cool to see it in that extended format. So hopefully Falcon and the Winter Soldier is good. The trailers haven't been as promising, um, but I guess the WandaVision trailers were missing a lot too. So I'm keen to still see it, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. I love the Winter Soldier character. I really like Falcon as well. Um, Sam and Bucky just have really good chemistry. Um, I really like the two characters, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I'm also just looking forward to yeah new content. So it's good to see it, even if it comes out in television form. Not bad-mouthing television or, at all because at the moment it seems to be the premier way to go. Um, I'm watching Resident Alien, which I mentioned before as well, and I find that show to be quite amazing. Um, and I'm going to have a review of that as well once it wraps up. Um, and there's a few other shows as well that are, uh, I'm watching Solar Opposites at the moment. I would actually like to discuss that too. There's a lot out at the moment and a lot coming out. So I think I'll do a fair few reviews of the content when, yeah, it's, it's all out. So... Look forward to all of that coming soon, guys. And until next time, peace out.